Jim, can you take the intro tonight? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Motorcycles Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. USA! Wank! Yeah, you wanker. <laughs> so, wanker won the name. <laughs> no, I mean, Dex won the no one, eh? Yeah, oh my god. You still blew me away, you could spell Tourette's. <laughs> I'm I'm living it, darling. I'm Speaking living it. Speaking of Tourette's, who do we have in the garage tonight? Wackers. We have the beautiful Miss Emma. Hello, darling. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm beyond thrilled to be here tonight. Wanker. Bagel. In the words of the immortal Zach, I exist. Oh, Zach. It makes me warm inside. He's a wanker too. <laughs> Speaking of Uncle Wanker, <laughs> Uncle Wanker Liza. I'm going to give you some of this. Oh, what a wanker. <laughs> and Mad Dog Michael McCarthy. I got nothing. I got, I got nothing. Fucking Mad Dog, he's foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Lord of mercy. And, and who be you? Naked Jim, humming, coming at ya. Humming, humming, humming. I've been in the woods for a few days. I'm a little, yeah, you're, a little wild side. You're like a mountain man. Oh my goodness! If you'd seen me, tell yeah. us about tell us about the mountains, Jim. Well, I got to catch my breath. You tell me something first. <laughs> tell just, me about your cool much, motorcycle shirt. Look at that shirt. Oh, you're yeah. sporting. So, you know, as I continue to buy things on the <laughs> Chinese websites. Bang good. <laughs> well, this one is AliExpress, but they're all very similar. Wish, bang good. Um, but I got myself an Evil Knievel shirt, and I think it's pretty good quality. I'm pretty happy. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 11 bucks, maybe. Totally unlicensed, I'm sure. Did evil get paid? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but also, not. Emma, take a look at these gloves that I got. No, you know what? I was admiring those early, uh, earlier on. Really good-looking gloves. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You bring up a good point that, you know, maybe these people aren't getting their money. And then, uh, Michael, you bring up the point mm-hmm. about there's probably like... Chinese children in labor camps or something? Well, I mean, among other things, but yeah, sure. I have valid points. Um, I believe that what's happening is that the factories that a lot of these companies are having stuff made at is then just makes more, or is maybe taking some of the... um, uh, I'm not sure. sure. Overruns or whatever and selling them off. So... Uh, Emma's holding some Revit gloves, and I saw these all over, like Facebook and internet. Um, I think these are like twenty eight dollars for. And these they're a nice looking glove. Roland, I mean, Roland got... Sands design Revit gloves. Now, do you think Roland Sands got paid for this? Um, well, and before we yeah. go any further, I want everybody to just revel in the quality of this Velcro. Oh, that's a good Velcro. Some ASMR guy just jizzed all over himself. <laughs> I thought we were about to get into a, into a history hole that's, there. That is some good Velcro. No, that's what it sounds like when you dive into the history well, hole. Well, it's when you try to get but in there. Yeah. yeah, it's getting out's the problem, darling. Um, um, but that's some good Velcro. The I would say those look like they're like sixty sixty eight dollar gloves. Is I think, what I would yeah, I think they were about that range. Um, 
but the overarching issue I have with all these things, anything that comes in sizes tends not to be the size that the it's, label says. It's way off, yeah. yeah. Yeah, these are billed as men's large, and I find they're too tight on my fingers. You know what, though? I think you just have to index it and just understand that you have to order two sizes bigger of everything, because how did your jacket come? How is the sizing on that? The, no, that jacket wasn't from... Oh, it wasn't Bang Bong? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an Oxford jacket. But, you know, okay, well, Ox, so that size is cool. But the Oxford cool. stuff runs ridiculously small, I think small for the, the crap you buy, just size it plus two, I know. and it's, and it's but, perfect. Because you know, those is, are nice-looking gloves. This is a common problem that's endemic, not just with um, motorcycle stuff. I mean, you know, you all know I'm back to driving again. So Americans I to, are I, fat. I have to dress up like... You know, an extremely well-fed flight attendant. Pencil so, skirt and all. Yeah, pencil skirt. And I thought, you know, oh, there's some really nice leather pumps <laughs> that I can get shipped from China for 22 bucks. You can't go wrong, 22 bucks. <laughs> and so I put down my size, and these things arrived. I mean, they took three weeks to arrive. I was so excited. I was opening up the market. It's great. They were for a child. <laughs> <laughs> they were for a child. <laughs> you had your feet bound by the end of them. You were well, no, I mean, Obviously, that's what they were for. I I think they were about I think they were about the right size for my cat <laughs> to keep you close to home. Well, exactly. well but, but but also if these are men's sizes too, and yeah, we know that what, would what not men know about their sizing exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. but I I do want to say, and maybe this is a symptom of of the fact that these are Chinese, or 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 maybe. This is a symptom of the industry. When I worked in the, when I worked parts and and accessories, different gloves fit wildly different. Oh, literally yeah, to yeah. the point where I was like a medium in one one brand and a two X in another brand. You know, so if the glove don't fit, you right. must have quit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've got OJ Simpson right. over there. With the, so with what the size are these supposed to be? Men's large. Yeah, and they barely. I would fit say on these are. Hands. I would say these are like me. I wear. I wear usually all two Xs. Yeah, I think it's a medium. They're, I would say it's a medium. They're, so for, yeah. they're for a man child large. But, for a man child. Uh, but I still, <laughs> oh, it still doesn't deter me. And I'm so excited. I still have some. They have vintage dirt biking And you know what? I am. And I'm like 13, 14 bucks. As the youths of today say, I am jelly. Because (laughs) they are really good looking. They don't say that. The Yamaha one in the Kenny Roberts colors. Mm -hmm. Oh, good Lord. That's a good looking t-shirt. I know. And what? 14 bucks? 13 bucks. Yeah, like, but for a guy my shit. size, it's going to be like 17X. I know, I know. <laughs> so we'll see. I ordered an X, uh, XL and a double XL, so we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll just see. I'm curious, yeah. I know. But so far, hey, the Evil Knievel shirt. Yeah, I you haven't got a rash yet, so you're good. Got a rash oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my The cream God. seems to be working. And, and I just have to say, too, even though it's not motorcycle-related, my deal of the weekend. Oh, you, did you see? Did I you am, see? I am very. Once again, I'm jelly. So actually, you You're know so what? Hip. It is motorcycle related, and here's how. I had my uh, cousin and and uh, their ki- my cousins and their kids in town, and I was going to take one of the kids with me to the Redwood Rumble. I'll talk about in a bit, um, the, which is a chopper show. The Redwood Rumble. And he brought no jeans with him. I said, if you're going to ride with me, you have to wear jeans. So Naughty we went child. to the thrift store to buy jeans. 
<laughs> that's legit. Nice. That's legit. That's good. And um, while we were there, I was just looking around, and I found a complete set in the box. It's a um, slot car racing, Hot Wheels slot car racing. Oh, yeah. And it's a four across what? set, four car set. What? It's really? huge. It was marked at $25, and it was half off day. Sweet. For twelve fifty. You that is, I that, got a that's good fun. And you know what? I have uh-huh. never seen a Hot Wheels set because in Eng- in England we had this thing called Skelectric, which is a little larger. And then in America, I think there was Aurora and Tyco AFX. Yeah, and Tyco. they were a little, they were like 143rd scale. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen a Hot Wheels, and it's the real deal. So Did it come with cars? Yes, yeah, but yeah. only oh, three. Yeah. Only three. What, ca- what no, cars? No, no, no. Uh, well, they're like Grand Prix cars. Cool. Mercedes oh, yeah, and, yeah, Lambert, and uh, Lamborghini. Ferrari. Ferrari. And, yeah, yeah. Um, though there's four cars and 15 tires. Nice. Ooh. So you have to take pit stops then too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, but when we start racing those, we got to like have some sort of real good betting on that. Uh, <laughs> it's fun, and like, it's got a crossover. So you can cars can hit each other. Do they jump or is it like the straight? No, where right? they cross over each other's path. Oh, so cool. that but is only- what elevates a child's toy to adulthood: is either betting <laughs> with large amounts of money or alcohol or both. <laughs> and I see you light the car on fire on top. <laughs> on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> so. Uh, but but we did not find jeans to fit him. Oh, there. he's a seventeen-year-old uh, kid. He's he's large. So I said, like you wear this? No, I said, well, tell you what, I've got a one-piece suit you can wear at the garage. You put him in the marshmallow. I <laughs> put him in the Evil Knievel suit. Nice. <laughs> and uh, put him in the Evil Knievel uh, the helmet, and we rode over show? to the chopper show. This has, a, this has a midnight cowboy feel about it. I, guess. it, it, I was going to say it really does. It's got like the rats. And he thought up. he thought I was. Setting him up to be ridiculed. Well, kind of. I bet he got. He's never heard of Evil Knievel. Had no idea. Thought right. I was putting him in some like Elvis suit, right? Right. As soon as we pull in, and there's like Hell's Angels there, a lot of patch clubs. People are like, "That's cool, dude." So you had him. I what, love it. What bike did you? What bike did you ride over? The KLR. Okay. And uh, people so were... So they weren't referring to your bike then? People were, sh- <laughs> were coming up to him and nope. giving him the thumbs up. Nice. Of course they were. Listen, everyone loves evil. He really thought I was setting him up to be ridiculed. And I said, you just have to wear it till you get there. And then we got there and people kept coming and he goes, oh, I think I'll just leave it on. Did you ever... He walked around the entire show in the Evil Knievel one piece. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you ever hear about the British Evil Knievel? Oh, I know who that is. Uh, Gary Davis told us about him, yes? Eddie, no. Eddie Kidd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you talked about him. Yeah, Eddie Kidd. Crazy as a box of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe crazier than that. I have had a box of frogs, and let me tell you something. Do not leave them in the back window of the car on a hot what day. Like, that's a legit unit of measurement. That is, that is like a heartbreak as a child. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to my friends? The same goes for salamanders. There were puddles in the box. Yeah. <clears throat> it was bad. Anyway. <laughs> that got dark. Anyway, um, so we went to the Redwood Rumble. And how and was that? That's a great show uh, yes um this is put on by uh the magazine basket case Thank basket, you. basket case, case magazine. Shout out the basket we had case. josh here on our show he'd like to come back again um so remarkable there were, there were vendors there there were bikes on display just people walking around there was a taco truck it was just a good gathering it's a cool show was this uh Third year, I think. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it gets better every year. Um, I didn't go this time. But, I saw uh, yeah. uh, uh, 
uh, Dave from uh, Russ Brown. I saw Matt from Law Tigers. Um, Law Tigers. Arr, they're great. That was um, a good one. You had Indian food, didn't you? Yes, I did. Oh, that's where it came um, from. That noise didn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> Uh, Mike and Marie and Mary were there. I mean, uh, Mike and Marie and uh, Freya were there. Was Mike wearing his award? Uh, no, he wasn't. Oh, oh but we came up with a great idea for him. Somebody else came up with it, but because he has his Harley there and he's been doing a lot of leather work on it, so he's got his knife and the seat done. And someone said, "Why don't you make yourself a belt, like a um, the captain?" No, 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 like the big belt, like when you win the wrestling. Oh, oh like yes. a champion's belt, yeah. Yes. It's <laughs> like three, third place. That's brilliant. <laughs> you know, um, fucking make first place no, champion of the world. No, make one with the pocket in it's it to yours. slide the fucking award into. And then if he wins first place, you can still slide the fucking award into it. Now it just says first place. Back in, the, back in the 60s amongst the rockers, back in, remember, we've talked about the rockers before. Mm-hmm. The fashion for quite a time was getting Triumph tank badges from the 50s, which were really chunky, and using them as belt buckles. Ooh. And they look pretty damn cool. I bet so. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was a good time, but I think um, Clark, he's my first cousin once removed. Clark Kent. Um, <clears throat> yep. Hangs around and, in phone um, booths and, and it comes out wearing a cape. And I did, I, take him over, I took him over to the basket case uh, booth, and I did flip open one of the magazines real quick to the centerfold and shut it. Because, you know, it's in the center. Was it Cat? No, it wasn't the Cat. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But it was one of, one of those. And uh, he, had a, he had a cool time. I think he was just kind of like... Do you think he's got the cool. bug? I mean, do you think he was no. kind of tolerating his crazy no, auntie? No, he's, he's a nice kid from Utah. But I think if he was just that awkward kid in sweatpants behind me, it would have been weird. But he was wearing Evil Knievel. So everyone's coming up and introducing themselves to him, who was coming up to talk to me. Right. And he was included in the circles. And I think he That's just fun. really... It was his first time at any sort of motorcycle event. And I went around and explained some of the bikes and um, things I appreciated on him. So did you check out the bikes? Like Yeah. So were there a bunch of bikes in the show? There was a bunch. There was like a few vintage and then a bunch of modified Harleys and one Yamaha XS650. There was a V-Rod. That was Clark's favorite. Um, oh, did uh, what's his what's his name? It's always got the little rat rod choppers. Oh, Sean Mahoot. He yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, did he have a um, bike in the show? No, it was okay. uh, just parked over. Uh, Mike had his, like I said, his Harley. No, there wasn't anything stand up because there um there was just a few in each category really you know right some a, a nice uh, some vintage indians like i think there was like two bikes from the 40s there you know? now when you say the bikes from, i mean the, these are stock bikes or modified uh the no the the indian and the harley that were for like for, the indian was a 47 they were all stock i think okay just yeah, yeah. nice a lot what i noticed is a lot of the 70s era of the two-tier seat the tall sissy bars Ooh. the narrow bars that seems to be like a, a returning trend like the as corbin it, as it should be mm-hmm. yeah as mm-hmm. it should be that those yeah, are great the, looking bikes the california the frisco chop with the the king yeah. and queen yeah. seat yeah. oh heck yeah and the rabbit all, ear bars nice and tight so yeah. you can lane split like a all sparkly yeah. gold and all that <laughs> so, oh, yes. so was yeah. the scene was that because uh, a lot of times you get some uh, you'll get some like hardcore bikers there was there any of that Liza? Um, hardcore bikers? Yeah. You mean like all the club members? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of patch members. Yeah. Though, you know, I bought a whole bunch of tickets for the silent auction, and I gave them to Mike because I left early. 
He didn't call me to tell me what I won. Hmm. 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 I got to find out because you know I won. I always win. You get the shine. (laughs) I got the shine. (laughs) No, good food, good music, good people, just a good place to hang out. Yeah, it's motorbike stuff. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was a little, um, the Hell's Angels, I'm always a little bit, I told Clark, I said, don't look him in the eye. Don't (laughs) speak to him unless you were spoken to. And if you do speak to them, speak with respect. Right. Don't like fool around around them because you just don't know. But um, they had a their own booth and they were selling shirts and stuff that said like "Hella Hella Angel" or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, and he's like, oh, I think I'm gonna get one of these. I'm like, dude, no, this is not a good idea. Uh, not to go back yeah. and wear in Utah. Go get some corn of the cob with that <laughs> yeah. hot stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if you want one of these magazines to the new girls, I'd be glad to buy it for you. Just don't tell your parents. We'll give you two. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So we're clear on this. That's porn good, bikers bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. This Just is, wanted to make sure we were clear. No. This is this is what a responsible auntie does. Exactly. But what is cool is it's in our backyard, and even though we don't have to go haul an ass somewhere to go to a cool bike show, well, I mean, so I'm bummed I missed it. I was out in the woods, but um, I think it's really cool. Josh throws it in basket case. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I mean, right this on. is why we like it's it. Awesome. It's awesome. Well, local bikes. Josh is local. Basket case is a local magazine, even though they feature bikes from all over the world. You know, it's it's legit stuff, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Josh you know, coming back. I'll tell you what, and I'll go so far because you know I haven't pissed anyone off yet. So let me just get to that. Oh please. <laughs> Uh, Daytona Bike Week, Sturgis, Hollister. That is a type of a bike show where there's a lot of people there just to be seen. It's about a lot of bandanas and, and you know, uh, okay, going up and down, being seen, flashy bikes. I don't think anybody. This isn't that at all. That. This is kind of the real, legit bike builders, biker for life kind of biker right. people. There was no one there with a do-rag. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I know. It's legit. It's legit. Where do you think Born Free fits into all of this? Oh, that's uh, that's younger bike builders, almost getting into like makers. That's art. Right. That's yeah. art. Anything, These yeah. bikes weren't so much art. A lot of it is crusty, rusty. Right. But it, They're more going riding. for like that vintage 70s thing. Right. They're not... There's very few clean bikes. You won't find one piece of Kuryak in anything on these bikes. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is hand-built. Yeah. Use it. More of like the vintage, crusty, home-built kind of stuff, repurposed, chopper, or, uh, you know, car parts, that kind of stuff. It's like a NorCal shit, son. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how that goes. No, I think that's fair. Ooh, okay, hey, guys. You guys want to play a game? Uh Uh-oh. We like games. Mm. Last time I couldn't walk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been a while since we played this game and i thought it's time to do it again so here's what we're gonna play we're gonna play 20 questions oh cool oh we suck at this game so (laughs) guess what i have a secret guest on the phone secret guest say hello for everyone hello everyone there you go so you know one thing about our secret guest already what, do you, what is so it, obvious? Is, is, it, is it Joan Jett? No. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. Oh, really? Hold on. You can't start guessing. All right. Oh, does that so count? we're going to play 20 questions. You can ask our secret guest um, yes or no questions. Yes. And you need to figure out who they are and what their 
why there are guests on our show, what they've done. All right, who would like to kick this off? I will kick this off. All right, let's go. Are you in the motorcycle industry? Yes. Mm Hmm. I'm going to say yes, but that is not anything to do with why they are a guest for this game. Correct. But this is a motorcycle podcast. Right, right, right. That makes sense whatsoever. All right, so that's one. Bagel, go ahead. Uh, Do you work for a motorcycle manufacturer? No. Okay, that's two. Michael? Are you famous for something other than motorcycling? No. Mm. Good question. All right, Jim. Have you ever raced motorcycles? Hmm. Have I ever raced? Yes. No. Oh, okay. Do you hold a world record of some description? Good question. As the question is phrased, I would probably have to say no with a question mark at the end. I'm gonna, and it's not a world record. But okay, can I can I rephrase that a little better? Do you hold a record of some description? Yes. Okay. Bagel. Hmm. What what number question are we on? That was five. Um. Are you known for riding long distance? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, that was a good one. All right, Michael, you're up. Oh, God. I, I have no idea. I don't... Really? Uh, you does, does, your, does your record involve salt of any sort? Oh, good question. No. Okay. All right, Jim. When you're doing this mostly, are you on an adventure-type motorcycle? I miss miss part of that question. Oh, <clears throat> when you're doing your when you're setting these records, are you on an adventure and on an adventure bike? I'm still uh, losing. I'm afraid. Uh, are you riding an adventure bike? Oh, gotcha. Um, not as uh, most people would define it. No. There you go. All right, Emma. So the record you hold is based on distance traveled. Correct. Okay. Wait, you're you still that has already been established. You can ask a question. Oh, oh. That was established. My bad. Um the record you established was it set in the US? Or was it set internationally? So, so to, let's, yes oh, or no? Yes or no? Was it set domestically? Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna go with yes. Yes-ish. Okay. Um, are you a member of the Iron Butt Association? I am. Yes. All right. Mmm. Bagels. He's really getting on this. All mm-hmm. right, Michael. That's ten. Do you ride a scooter? Ooh, good question. No. All right. All Darn. right, Jim. I was, hoping, <laughs> I was hoping for you, Bagel. I was really pulling for you, buddy. Uh, does your record involve the cannonball run? Oh, good question. I, I missed that one, too. Uh, does it involve the cannonball run? 
No. Jim, she ain't even trying to hear you. <laughs> so, um, the cannonball run is quite specific. Are you the fastest woman from coast to coast? Hmm. No. No, no, no. All right, Bagel. Bagel, hmm. you've been giving good questions. Yeah. You're on the right well, track. Bagel is our distance. You are dude. on the right yeah, track. Yeah, I, I, I definitely sense a long distance rider here. I'm just trying to figure out who. Recap. What What are the questions that you've gotten right? Well, um, I asked if if she's known for long distance riding mm-hmm. and if she's an Iron Butt Association yes. member. All right. Um, hmm. We've got the muffins pouring through the records of the Iron (laughs) Butter Association as we speak. (laughs) Have have you done the 50cc ride before? Yes. Oh. Hmm. All right. So a serious long-distance rider. (laughs) All right, Michael? Are you one of those lunatic small-displacement long-distance riders? (laughs) Uh, Was that low-displacement long-distance riders? Yes. No. And and let's just clarify, 50cc refers to coast-to-coast coast in 50 hours, Correct. not displacement. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Jim. You guys are bad at this game. I told you. I warned you. I'm like, oh, this is a bad you game for us to play. you got five more questions. All right. Um, let's see. Can, can I, I'm going to give you all a clue. I have mentioned this person and their accomplishment on the show before. Hmm. Yeah. It's distance. But it's uh-huh, distance, uh-huh, huh? Uh-huh, ah, uh-huh. That's what gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been on this show before? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, let's see. Have you ridden more than a thousand miles in a day? You have yes. to to be an Ironman. Yeah. Ah, fuck, I don't know. I'm getting stumped here. All right. Do you ride a vintage bike? Oh, good question. No. Okay, All so right. it's a modern mm. bagel. Um. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna give you all another clue. This record was set recently. Do you ride American-made motorcycles? No. Okay. Right. You got two more, Michael. You, you want to pass it yours? Yeah, don't put this shit yeah. on me. Come on, two more. <laughs> I can find them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're bad at this like, game. Well, That's why I would never play it. You're also given what we're talking about here, kind of outside of my sphere, personally. So. Ooh, I got one. Ask, uh, ask her if she's ever been on the cover of AMA magazine. I'd ask her if she's all badass, but I already know that. Have you been on the cover of <laughs> AMA magazine? Did you hear that question? No. Have you been on the cover of AMA magazine? I have. Oh. I have one. All right. Last one. Do you ride an FJR 1300? I do. Ah. (laughs) All right. That's 20 questions. Does anyone have a guess? Emma, do you want to guess who it is? Oh, God, I can close my eyes and see her face. What about the accomplishment? I can't remember what the bloody accomplishment was, uh, but so I remember being so awestruck when I saw it, because I remember seeing you posing by your FJR and thinking, bloody hell. 
Is it just like the most miles ever? This kind is of like the story of my life. Like I remember people's bikes. I could. I don't even remember them. Okay. Dogs and motorcycles, but never All right. people. You guys didn't get. You got very close. Go ahead and say who you are and what your accomplishment is. Uh, my name is Wendy Crockett, and I am the first woman to win the Iron Butt Rally. Yeah! Nice. Oh. Just, just for the record, my future mother-in-law's name is is Wendy Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were, yeah, we, see, were no. we were talking about that. That's right. Hey, Wendy, thanks for coming yeah, on our right show. On. I we appreciate know, we're it totally so much. talking about that. Right? Thanks for having me. That was like me. three weeks ago. When was that? It was not too long ago. You know, Wendy, this is Emma. Um, it was such a great cover. Um, that picture of you posing with your FJR 13, that's really what stuck in my mind. And I remember it was a long distance one. I was going to say something like circumnavigating America. But that is a fantastic achievement. Well done. Yeah, and um, Thank you. I first met um, Wendy at the AMA Vintage Days. Uh, you were doing a presentation, I think, right after mine or right before mine. Yep. And I was like, you look familiar. How do I know you? It's probably from the magazine cover. But yeah. Um, so let's. So yeah, you're you were the first woman to win. So for people who don't know about the Iron Butt Rally, tell us how many miles you did and how many days. Um, I did just under 13,000 miles in 11 days literally 12,999 wow. miles and i i knew it was going to be that close and i considered going around the block racking up another couple miles to uh, make it an even 13 <laughs> my brain would not allow me to do it i will forever regret it but uh, <laughs> okay so for many people just doing unironed but doing a thousand miles in a day that's quite an achievement and i've always thought that the people who do the iron butt rally are, are, are nutters as emma would say yes mm-hmm. <laughs> so i have to say how do you do it how do you do it it, it is uh we i i would not argue with you that we are nutters <laughs> uh, <laughs> it takes uh definitely it's not everybody's cup of tea but it is what I love. I mean, you you get your bike set up right, whatever bike is right for you. And I mean, that's anything from Ninja 300 to the Goldwing and everything in between. Um, and I just like being in the saddle. I just like putting on the miles. So, you know, whatever whatever you can do to stay happy and stay moving so let's let's talk about some of the logistics um how many miles a day how many hours a day are you in the saddle it really depends um you know there are some events that are uh, a lot more interstate intensive there are some events like this one that um the theme was the road less traveled so the entire theme of this event was to get us off on little two-lane roads and slow roads and a lot of ferry crossings and things like that um so um i think my average came out to just under 1200 miles a day um and that is a lot more work when it's on two-lane roads than it is when it's on interstates so not just thirteen thousand miles right thirteen thousand shitty miles like (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, i I probably average, um, you know, 
four to five um, hours of sleep every other day or so. And then um, periodically we'll have uh, a checkpoint that we have to make and that'll give us like a mandatory eight hour window or so. Um, and most of that'll be sleep. All right. And how many sets of tires did you go through? Um, I did the entire thing from leaving my house to back on my back to my house on one front tire so i had just about eighteen thousand miles on that front wow um and then i swapped i have a spare wheel um that i swap at um one of the checkpoints um so i i did that um that eighteen thousand miles on two rears nice wow and uh here's an interesting note uh for part of this she was carrying the where were ripple baton I'm the yeah. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Well, why do we that, know what those tires are? Of that. Yeah. What I part of the country was that in? Because I think you did it in giant loop around the entire country. Well, and not just this country. <laughs> yeah. You guys, that's why the answer to was it domestic? Okay. It, because you went into Canada too. Right. Yeah, I did a significant amount of Canada this year. So, can you give us a quick idea of what your route was on these eleven days? Um, well, the um, the start and the end was in um, Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, from there, um, starting off, I went all the way down to um, Everglades National Park, uh, back up and across the southern U.S. to um, Arizona, and then up to a checkpoint in Kennewick, Washington. We... Um, we're supposed to have two checkpoints in Kennewick. They surprised us by eliminating the second checkpoint, or I guess making it not mandatory. Um, but I ended up looping around back to that um, checkpoint. Anyways, I did a loop through um, a pretty good chunk up into British Columbia, did a lot of riding around um, Vancouver and the, the islands around there. Um, uh, came back to Kennewick and then from there took off all the way out to the tip of the Gaspé Peninsula in Quebec uh, before coming back down to South Carolina for the finish. And so <clears throat> were you riding with others this whole way? No, uh, and it's it's the easiest way to think of it is like a giant scavenger hunt. So all of us are, um, we're competing against each other, but you know, everybody's looking at these um, locations that we can visit and trying to plan their own best ride, whether you're looking to win or just have fun or just, you know, challenge yourself. Um, I did happen to um, hook up with another rider and I did a significant amount of miles with him, which was really unusual. Um, it's, it's really uncommon um, for riders to do more than just kind of pass each other. Um, but the, the way that this puzzle worked out, um, we ended up hooking up. Um, there are sometimes threads where if you get uh, these certain things, um, they become more valuable. If you get, you know, say these five locations, then there's a giant point bonus on the end. Um, or in, in the case um, of our second leg, we ended up starting together what was going to be a long series of bonuses hooked together by fairies. So we ended up having to be together by virtue of the fact that fairies only run at a certain time. Um, and it ended up being a lot of fun. I mean, normally like you really have to like hanging out with yourself on these events because it's, it's you and your helmet for 11 days. 
Um, so it was, it was really kind of a cool, interesting thing to, to cross paths with somebody that um, we just kind of clicked and had fun writing together for a while. You know, um, um, listening to you, Katie, there is some commonality with Elspeth Beard, who we had on this show. Well, Elspeth is sort of a regular. And of course, she was the first English woman to ride around the world. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Wendy, I said Katie. Um, during the second part of her trip, she actually did a significant amount of mileage with um, a Dutch guy on mm -hmm. a bike. So it, what you said reminds me very much of that. She just randomly got together with this guy and they did thousands of miles together. And I believe they hooked up as well. Yes. But a different kind of hooked up. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was right. the ultimate goal. But it started as riding partners. <laughs> so, so I'm kind of curious because it, it's like, like that's pretty extreme what you're doing. It's pretty awesome. And uh, but I don't think it's something you just jump into. How did you? How did you build up to what you're doing, or did you just jump into it? I just jumped into it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I, um, I have always, for me, I mean, almost from when I first started riding, I just I like being on the bike. I like the motion and the sensation and even when i mean really early on when i was traveling by myself and you'd see just something marvelous and you're like i should stop and take a picture of it but i'm so into the moment and the writing is part of that moment and i don't want to stop that um and then you know later i kind of regret not having pictures of whatever that thing was but my joy comes from being on the bike um so that just kind of has always been the way that I've ridden. I just always ride to ride. Um, and it was only after I'd been doing this for a few years that I found the Iron Butt Association. I'm like, there are others. <laughs> so, it, um, um, Wendy, can we, can we go back to how you got started riding? You know, I, I did not come from a family of motorcyclists. It was just motorcycles kind of always spoke to me. Um, and it was, you know, my mom said over her dead body. So, of course, I <laughs> moved out of the house and started collecting motorcycles. But I, I, don't, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you exactly where that fascination came from. But um, I knew it was something that I needed to do. I like to say I was born this way. Right. So yeah. uh, I have a question for you as a long-distance specialist. Tell us what are some of your tricks for staying comfortable on the bike? Um, I have a custom-made seat. Mine is Russell Daylong. And that is, if I had, you know, if I had to pick one thing that I couldn't live without, that would be it. And it was... Um, I was in a motorcycle accident where I shattered my pelvis, so I sit kind of wonky side saddle. Um, so having a seat that is specifically made wonky side saddle for me makes all the difference in the world. No doubt. So, so someone else can order the wonky side saddle seat? Yeah. yeah. In fact, my husband's got, um, he's got a Russell Daylong seat um, and he, you know, wrote down exactly what he wanted to accomplish, uh, you know, with his bike and did a mail-in um, where I did a ride-in uh, fitting and we both love our seats just as much. And, you know, his, he wanted to sit back further off the tank and, and his 
is completely different. He also has a, a 2005 FJR. I could sit on his bike and I'm like, this is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever sat on in my life because it is perfect for him. So, And I know that some of the men use a trick for long distance riding. Bagel, have you used this, the old uh, hose down the pant leg? I have not. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't do anything like that. I don't. See, that's the downside for women. You actually have to... No, you can, you can use a shiwi. <laughs> do, do you use a shiwi? I, my pants have like a, a fly flap on them, Ooh. which makes the sheepy less than ideal. <laughs> I, I'm not opposed in theory. But, uh, Wow. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things you just you keep the right balance. Saying hydrated is important, but you you know try to strike the right balance. So I only have to stop, uh, you know, maybe twice a day. Yeah. And uh, you know, my gas stops are only maybe five minutes, anyways. Um, you know, if I'm just going to gas and go, so it's only a couple more minutes twice a day. You know, whatever when I when I actually have to stop. And my my comfort requirements are quite low. If there are <laughs> nice bushes, I am not. Aware of that. Do you ever? Uh, do you ever have to uh, worry about falling asleep? Do you ever get dozy? Uh, say that again. Do you ever start falling asleep or get dozy? Um, you know, it does happen. People have micro sleep, and you know that type of stuff. It is a concern. Um, I have. Um, since my first rally really fine-tuned um my nutrition and so that has made a really big difference so i cut out um you know all the kind of empty carbs and caffeine and that type of thing so when you're not chasing those sugar crashes and the caffeine crashes all the time it makes it a lot easier to assess and say okay i I'm legitimately feeling tired. Like I actually need to stop for a nap now, as opposed to just writing it off as a sugar crash or um, that type of thing. And now, have you had to do any side of the road repairs? Um, I have. Yeah, I mean, not not this year. I I had good luck this year, but I've had some some exciting adventures with. Uh, I had a, a blowout that was beyond repair. I've had um, a stator fail, mm. um, you know, that type of thing. But if I can, you know, I'm a, I'm a mechanic, a motorcycle mechanic for a living. So right. if, if I think I can fix it on the side of the road, including a stator, these are things that I carry with me and I'm prepared to do it on the side of the road. So, um, you know, anything tires shy of a complete blowout or you know electrical um that type of stuff i i travel prepared to take care of it so and as you just said you are a mechanic let's give your shop a plug well i am right now at sturgis motorsports in sturgis south dakota Mm -hmm. um we uh i own my own shop in california for about 10 years but we are actually my um husband and daughter and i are getting ready to spend a year uh traveling around south america on the bikes so we are yeah we kind of put our shop on pause um and then we'll be reopening when we come back from south america and settle in somewhere wait was it isn't this sturgis this week it is have you been there is it what's going on 
we have some excitement uh, coming up in the next few weeks for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, it's coming up. So they're they're already starting to show up, aren't they? Yeah, they've been the town's getting busy already. This is, I mean, this is. I've been downtown, and it's nothing but like t-shirt stores that are closed year round. They make yep. all their money, right? The, yeah, coming up. Oh, do you? So you do? Do you go to it or run away from it? If I was left to my own devices, I would probably run away from it. <laughs> but being, um, it, it's cool. Being, you know, in the shop right in the center of downtown and just watching the chaos happen around you uh you know i i don't need to be fighting the crowds but i still get to kind of take in the crazy which is fun that's awesome so tell us a bit about your trip and how that's going to work with your daughter so we have a uh, suzuki bandit 1200 with a sidecar mm-hmm. and your yeah, favorite your my, favorite bike Ms. i Emma. love bandit yeah it's uh, i mean it is it is a great bike i had a bandit before um you know way back in the day and that was just one of the most fun bikes i had uh so it was perfect we we didn't put the sidecar on the rig we bought it like that but it was you know it's a perfect rig for it um she's gonna be five in a couple of months and uh, it is one of her favorite things is uh, riding around in the sidecar oh, so. i can only imagine Lucky, yeah. lucky kid. I want to start giving out good parent awards to people like this who <laughs> right. share motorcycling with their children. I tell you what, it was nothing makes me prouder than hearing her say, "Can we just take the long way home? Can we just keep riding?" It makes me so pleased. Nice. She's such a cool parent. And so, are you going to do like homeschooling on the road? Yeah, she is actually, her birthday is just a couple of weeks past the school cutoff. So they are very inflexible about that in South Dakota. So we're like, well, you know, we have a year where she's old enough to appreciate it. We're not going to be handling diapers on the road or anything, but she's not old enough to go to school. So this is a good time window. We are going to be doing um, like a homeschooling curriculum on the road. Um, But hopefully she'll come back fluent in Spanish and and with a much greater appreciation for the world outside of, uh, you know, what she's experienced so far. That's fantastic. Um, And what countries are in your gun site right now? Probably Bolivia and, um, well, name them that you're planning on actually going through. We are completely flying by the seat of our pants our um our initial plan had been to ship down to um like uruguay and work our way back north but apparently nobody really likes to deal with the u.s that much as far as exporting vehicles so we're going to be riding all the way through central america so we'll you know do mexico and probably belize nicaragua honduras panama um taking a yacht around the panama gap Mm-hmm. And oh, then, fantastic! Um, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Argentina. Well, you know, oh. I, I know you're active in uh, WRWR. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of our people, Susie Bostock's down there. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she, she's a Brit who pretty much lives with her partner on a couple of DR650s. And I, right now, she's down in that neck of the woods. Yeah, well, we're doing the where we're out, so we have ambassadors in all the countries. Right, she, so. yeah, she's definitely one of the ambassadors, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so fantastic. Oh, that's going to be yeah, such a good I'm, trip. I'm hoping I'm, we're going to be leaving the U.S. right about the time that the um, where we're coming across the U.S., so I'm hoping to hook up with them um, somewhere possibly in Central America to to um, take part in that would be awesome. I happen to be familiar with the route if you need any <laughs> dates and places. You, you were gonna, you're going to see quite a large female riding a large bike wearing an evil Knievel suit. <laughs> kind of hard to miss, I, I would say. So yeah, we're going to be coming through Sturgis uh, in October. Yep. And so, we'll, yeah. be, um, we'll be already moving by then ah boo yeah. we might we might catch up with you well yeah. I, I wanted to thank you for coming on our show what a uh, what an amazing accomplishment congratulations on being the first woman i was following the whole um rally and i didn't even realize a woman had never won right i, I never put that together that, because there's they were surprised to learn that that um, well because because there's so many women that do participate in it it truly is um a mixed event and it's not an unusual extraordinary to be a woman in the rally right so that was amazing congratulations so um is there any way our listeners do you have any method for them to actually read a little more about you and about your achievements was it documented obviously it's documented by the ama because you made the cover um, yeah, I think we have one or two listeners who are still not in the AMA. So, is there <laughs> no. anywhere else that they get, they can read about your adventure? Yeah, if um, you go to thirdwheeladventures.com, mm. um, that has got uh, information about um, most of um, my rides uh, in the past, and it'll have information about our South American trip going right. forward. Is that numerical or actually spelt? T-H-I-R-D. Spelled out T-H-I-R-D. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And again, I, I, I'm I, just so glad that you won and that you were part of the Ripple Relay on it. Could it not be prouder? Thank you. I'm... I'm pretty pleased so badass I he's, he's just like oh my god it's like so legit badass yeah. well awesome Very cool. i'll send you a link uh to the show should be up tonight and uh, hopefully you can share it with people sounds good awesome thanks again thank you all, all right, right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Wendy. bye-bye bye-bye all right there you go you guys suck at the game, but Bagel, I thought you were on it. I no, but we were close. And you know what? Towards the end, I, I saw that cover. It just popped into yeah, my head. I know. Head. When you and knew I'm the like, bike. And I just blanked on her name twice. Oh, when you said, yeah, when you said her name, Wendy Crock, I was like, yep, that's right. Cause yeah, we just- and it was the were um connection as well. Because well, I, mean, I didn't even know they did that event. I'm like, they do that? Like, why would someone do that? I like, know. That's so badass, man. Because they're nutters. They're- <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Didn't, didn't she? speak at uh, AMA uh, last year? Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought I'd met her there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When I was doing, uh, a year before, yeah, when I was yeah, there with Chikistan, yep. she was doing a thing on, I believe, on maintenance on bikes. Right, right. Um, but speaking of AMA, Y'all. Emma, you've got your foot on something. Ooh. The latest the AMA, AMA magazine. Magazina. 
And there happens to be a little feature in there. Well, a little something uh, in there. Okay, so... Um, You're getting to be a regular. You're going to get your own column soon, I think. <laughs> for yeah. those of us listening at home, we need to turn to page... 33. Well, you know, well, we... Um, the article actually starts on page 31. However, that's not the page of interest. <laughs> the page of interest is 33. Because we're all over that page. Oh, like a cheap rash. <laughs> Bagler. Yes. You are the most eloquent misfit. Describe yes. what you see on page 33. Well, there is a scene of us in front of the garage on uh, a typical Sunday. Uh, we've got uh, Miss Emma, me, Knock. Uh, orange shirt. Yeah. Uh, who's, who's in the orange shirt? I think his name was... Uh, Orange shirt, but we shall call them <laughs> Mr. Shirt. I'm not sure. But Charlie and, and Jim are in the background, and Bex is there, and, and Michael's in one of these pictures, and Doug's there, too. And who's that in the evil Knievel suit facing the camera? And Liza, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, the full disclosure. So, this article is about co-op garages. Right. And I really love that... Um, they included us in it because we're not a traditional co-op garage we're not you know for profit we're not open five or seven days a week we're, we're not just, a, we're not a business at all we're just a bunch of misfits it's misfits. a community but <laughs> that's what this was about um they had Skidmark Garage in Cleveland. We've met the Skidmark yeah. guys. Oh, we know the Skidmark <laughs> yep, guys. Cool dudes. And there's another garage that is also more of a community. It's a Friday something. What is it? Uh, it's it's coming. I'm actually yeah, having to say, read the article. Um, but it was more about how it's a community, less about how to start a business, more about this whole community of coming oh, together, helping each other out. Okay, because I want to read them out because, I mean, all these guys just do such a fantastic mm-hmm. job. So Skidmark, of course. Mm-hmm. We know they're in Cleveland, Ohio. Filthy Friday out of Denver, Colorado. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I've always said I'm not trying to promote our garage. I'm trying to promote the concept of creating community and helping and working together. And they ex- they captured that exactly. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, I thought that, that was really great. Good pictures, too. I thought the pictures really captured the uh, spirit of the garage. However, there's only one... There's only one picture that is of interest to me, and it's it's a singular portrait it's, of a misfit. It's quite beautiful. It is beautiful. I think it's the same scarf you're wearing right now, isn't it? it this is my uniform for oh. misfit styling. <laughs> the the infamous Parts Unlimited shirt and and the headscarf. And I'm I don't even know what I'm working on, but I look like I'm concentrating. I think you're you passing are. gas. I think I probably, I've just <laughs> well, eaten some Indian food while you're working. Yes, <laughs> but um, full, yeah. No, what I thought was funny, they so the AMA was doing this article and they. They hired a photographer to come out and spend some time with us, get some photos. And she said, okay, I'm supposed to get a portrait of you. And I'm like, no, I'm not. it's not about me. It's about the community. You're selfless. So selfless. I, I said, so the compromise was I got in my, my little Evil Knievel suit. I'm sitting on the mini bike. I'm posing for her, but she had to get everyone else in the background, too. Yeah. So I'm the only one looking at the camera. So that is technically my and portrait. And you know what? Actually, and, and I feel good about that. It is my portrait and the community behind you, me. You look actually, you look very regal. You look like <laughs> the queen surveying <laughs> this chaos. I, I've got a letter her. into the Pope as we speak. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm really digging 
the bearded guy in the bib in the middle picture. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they put that guy in there just just for some sort of like you know credibility. Like you need a fat old guy with a gray beard, and it lends credibility to the whole situation. Uh, yep. Jim, no offense, you're just not fat enough, guy. So, so we have Michael, none other than Michael himself, and actually that is a great picture of you, Mike. It's, it's adorable. Yes, it is. <laughs> so a big thank you to the AMA for including us. In we that. like those guys. And again, guys. in capturing the idea of building a community, not just a business. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Emma. Hello, darling. I'd like to give something away. I'm going to give some <sighs> shit away. Ooh, we've we got some, a box. Do we have some a, shit to give away? We got a box. Oh, goodies. There, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Being selfless You got the again. box of goodies, and you got the bag of names. Let's let's uh, let's give away a Patreon prize pack to oh, one of our nice. Patreon supporters. It's actually throw that bag like, to Jim. Yeah, it's, is, it's that the, like, is that the, the prize pack so, over there? It's yeah, overflowing. Yeah, 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 Emma. So read. Tell us what's in the box as, it's as a Jim really good box. pulls a name out of the bag. Let's see. Okay. There's no name. It's just a bunch of rubber dicks in here. <laughs> now look at one of them's not rubber. <laughs> and this is in no particular order. So we have our first item is from Banggood. <laughs> Banggood, bang! And it's a dual, a dual, oh, yeah, a yeah. dual USB charger. These things are great. It's an outlet, not a charger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, I beg your pardon. It's an outlet. So connect it up to your battery, and now you can plug your phone. Guaranteed in to or fuck your stator. And, and yeah, it is. It's another one of Chinese things. I put one of these on the, my bike, and the reason I like it is that it has a switch, and an LED light comes on to let you know if it's powered or not. So you're not going to leave it on accidentally. But I like that you don't have to put it to switch power, but you can go directly to the battery, and it has a switch on it. Right. What else Use is a usable link for your battery charging like to safety right Ooh, yeah. Yeah. now um you know you know what i'm like about tire pressure mm-hmm. How, uh, i would like a hands up from every single person in the room when was the did you check your tire pressures within the last week no one no. that is so feeble and you know the most feeble thing of all I didn't put my hand up either. <laughs> no excuses now. Stockton Tool Company tire pressure gauge. This is a large gauge, so if your eyesight mm-hmm. is bad, you can still read it. It goes from zero to 60 PSI. Um, it looks robust. It is robust. It's a badass piece of kit. Yep. All right. Nice round gauge right. with the hose. Okay. So we, we don't want to need to take an hour. Okay, very good. <laughs> Folding Stockton T-handle metric oh, socket set. Those I are like handy. Those. What yep, yep. does it come with? What, what size does it come with? Um, do they? I say you're fucked. Yeah, they probably go from eight up to about fourteen. It's a nice thing to have. These are great, great emergency. No, super system. compact. Okay. No, I like yeah. those. Brake bleeder kit. I love these. No excuse for not bleeding those brakes. Yep. And then the final couple of items, we have a T-shirt. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. White mm-hmm. T-shirt from Velomaki. Now, yeah. the, what makes this unusual? This is the family-friendly Velomaki logo. Mm-hmm. Because as we know... It's not the X-rated one? It's, <laughs> oh, not it's not fast as fuck. It actually says Velomaki built for speed. So mm-hmm. you can Which wear... is Italian for fast as fuck. Right. But <laughs> the important thing with it, when you're having... Tea with afternoon tea with grandma. You can wear it. That's a great looking nice. shirt. Um, and we've got a you know oh, a little yeah, yeah. what condoms. is that? Yeah, a little pack of condoms. Layout escapes, uh, you know, wipes, <laughs> a, stuff like that. So, but the final item, which is my favorite, and oh, I didn't yeah. want to give it away. But go. is there a child in your life? 
Is there is there somebody who wants to be a child in your life? Lore tigers. Oh my god. <laughs> this is it's a little tiger. Um, and he stands what about a foot tall? Yeah, it's a it's a plush yeah. toy. Looks it's like a, that Cheetos motherfucker going to a gay bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cheese and goes. It's, it's, a, it's a biker. It's a biker tiger. It's a biker tiger. He's, he's got chaps. He's got no. These are leather trousers, darling. <laughs> he's got quite he's a six got, pack too. All right. He's got leather trousers and a vest, and he's got a six pack, and he's wearing sunglasses, and he is probably the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Law <laughs> tigers. All right. So you got we got tools. You got t-shirt. You and got, we got some swag. Jim, can you? draw a name out oh, of the bag oh yeah very names. exciting oh I love I hope let's see dun, 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 drum roll please I'll read it uh fuck mm. so you gotta fold these up so small <laughs> 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 my mangled fingers are trying to open this thing alright <laughs> Good lord. All right. So our winner is Scott. So it's Scott Serbine at yahoo.com. Yeah. Yahoo. So whoever that Scott is. All right. Scott, you just scored, man. Uh, nice. on. However, there is a condition, Scott. What I want you to do when you get the prize pack, I want you to take the Law Tigers plush toy and think of an interesting situation for him. Oh, gosh. Take a photograph, send it to us, please. This is your Furby thing, isn't it? It's nothing to do with me. It could be something as benign as... My Little Pony? It could be as benign as sitting on his bike. Well, Scott, congratulations, Jim. Well done, yeah. Scott. You make sure that name I've gets right put here. into the box with I the goods. I will. Right on. Thanks, man. And I will man. send it out. Yeah, thanks for supporting uh, this shit show. So, Emma. <laughs> Hello, darling. You've got something new in the back of your truck. Well... I arrive late at Misfits. I arrive mm-hmm, late mm-hmm. at Misfits. I showed up at two o'clock with Michael here. And the reason we were late, we were in Livermore collecting a new bike. Ooh. And this is kind of like a project for the Misfits. Um, this very, very nice gentleman contacted us a couple of weeks ago and said, look, I've got this bike i rode it in high school it's been sitting in my garage for well over 20 years i'm never going to get around to fixing it i'd like to donate it to the misfits hmm. 1980 honda cb750 super sport twin cam Ooh. very very nice bike I, ha- I have a soft spot for this bike. oh they're I've, I've had one. great looking bikes i love them and you know this is in great shape it looks exactly as you'd expect a bike that's been sitting in someone's garage for 20 years to look but what a fantastic project so you have absolutely refused to allow it on the property for now because we are a little bit short of space yeah so, and i have my project bike i'm not taking so anymore it's gonna come and live with me for a little while Mm-hmm. And then um, we're going to keep our ear to the ground. I want it to go to a deserving home. Somebody who's probably ready, maybe ready for their first big bike or their first classic, because it is a classic. And to me, the Super Sport is the coolest of the DOHCs. Oh, I mean, good the, lord! Yeah. SOHC is the cool, coolest, coolest, and then the Super Sport is you know, the next coolest. But funnily enough, me and Mike. Um, we're, we're talking about this on the way back and those twin cams when they first came out they weren't super well received you know a, lo- a lot of people say well I like twin cam boo 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 but here we are 30 years later and bloody hell they're nice bikes you know they they really are age has treated them 
kindly. It's a great bike. It's a nice looking bike. They're great to ride. Um, and that ducktail. That's oh, gorgeous. I mean, yeah, that ducktail drives me bananas. It really does. It's great. Yeah, I do. I like yeah, that. Yeah, ducktail. <laughs> um, Honda call that Euro styling. Apparently, oh. so yeah. Well, I like that it's got the um, the brake riders on all. It's got the t- triple switch. Yeah, triple. Yeah, yeah dual disc up front. The dual disc up front. Disc so up the back. The it's got the it's got the ducktail. It's got the Euro styling. Um, it's just a great bike. It really is. So Scott, thank you. I mean, your generosity really is going to pay dividends to somebody who's just ready to start out on their on their classic motorcycle journey. You know? So, thank you. Well, and that is a good foray into into our next topic because the CB750, it's it's a very iconic bike and it's celebrating this year at the Quail. Yep. They're celebrating at AMA Vintage Days. Yep. Right. Why do you think everyone is up in up in arms giving well, it so much attention this year? 50 years old. 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um I wanted to pay Scott back, and I, you know, I'm going to put together a little goodie bag and, and send it up to him. But I thought what would be very, very nice. Normally, when I do history holes, they're just for the Patreon subscribers. Very, very occasionally, I'll do them on the mainstream mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. So let's do a little history hole right now on the CB750. So this is for you, Scott. And I want to say we all know that the the Honda Cub is like the most common bike in right. the world, but. To me, even though it's not the most popular, it is historically, I think, the most significant Honda to me. Oh, by far. Yeah. So, you know, um, let's go back in time. Let's go back to 1969. 1969, I mean, it was a pivotal year (laughs) for a number of reasons. Men landed on the moon. I got my first pair of bell bottoms. There you go. Um, (laughs) Woodstock. Yep. America had gone, well, the world had gone through such pivotal changes in a short space of time. If you take 1960 and 1969, it was a different planet. Yeah. You think about the social changes that went through, and everything was moving very, very quickly. I mean, it wasn't all good. I mean, we were in completely in the throes of Vietnam. There was a recession. There was a lot of uncertainty in the world. I mean, the Cold War was still very, very much on people's minds. Maybe not as much as the early 60s, but it was still, you know, it was an exciting time, though. There was a lot happening. Yeah, so in rights, amongst women's rights. Right, yeah. exactly. It was a, a really exciting time. And so we come to these, these kind of rumors that had started at the beginning of 1969 that Honda were releasing something big and Honda are very very good at keeping secrets they're really good at keeping secrets I mean when the CBX came out everybody's like what because nobody really expected it and so at the time from kind of February, March onwards, people had an idea that Honda were going to release a large capacity bike, but nobody really knew what the final form it was going to take. September 1969. So basically, right around now, in the next couple of weeks, 50 years ago, 
they were out. The 754 was out, and it absolutely just blew people's socks off. You can't even begin to imagine the impact this bike had on what was available at the time. I want to put that into perspective, though. In terms of what it was, there was there was nothing actually brand new about the bike. It was a four-cylinder bike. Well, you could buy four-cylinder bikes in 1969. You needed a great deal of money to buy them. When, when did you first start seeing inline fours? Like performance ones, like racing bikes. Yeah. Well, in terms of on the street, the CB750 was really the first. Right. Because in 1969, you could buy an MV Augusta, but nobody could afford them. Riding an MV Augusta was very much similar to buying a Lamborghini. How many Lamborghinis do you see on a day to day basis? Really top of the line Lamborghini. You don't see any. So it is, and you're going to see even fewer MV Augustas. So they were out there, but they were for the very, very well-heeled. Um, in terms of racing, they'd been out... I mean, Honda had a six-cylinder race bike back in the very mm. early 60s. But these are race bikes. I mean, it's, there's, there's always a, a reverence for the race bike, which didn't go on the road. What Honda did that would made the 750 so brilliant is they took existing technology improved it to the point of fail-safe and made it available for the public. Now, don't get me wrong, 754 was an expensive bike. It was more expensive than an equivalent Norton or Triumph. And if we talk in terms of superbikes, a lot of people have actually said it's the first superbike. It's not true. And I want to make the really make this absolutely clear. The very, very first superbike was the Triumph Trident and Rocket 3. Hmm, and it beat okay. the 754 by two months. However, and it breaks my heart to say it, it wasn't as good a bike in in a lot of reasons. It had one less cylinder. It wasn't as reliable. The Honda had a lot more features. It had one more gear for a start because the early Tridents and Rocket 3s were only four speeds. Honda had five, Honda had electric start. The Honda had disc brakes. So there was a lot. So... Let's go over the bike as it was released in 1969 and, and what made it special. Well, the obvious one, it had four cylinders. <clears throat> and there were four-cylinder bikes out there, but this is something the public could really afford. Oh, didn't it have a lot to do with the size of this, this displacement? Yes. <clears throat> it's 736 cc's. Mm-hmm. Now, it was only a single overhead cam engine, which surprised a lot of people. Honda's real, really first big bike was the CB450 Black Bomber, as we mm-hmm. call them in England. Now, they'd been out in, in 1965, and that was a twin cam. So a lot of people said, well, it's only a single cam. But what Honda were aiming for with this bike was long-distance performance. It's not that the 450 was a unreliable bike, but it was tricky to set up. It had twin cams, it had a very, very long cam chain. Because of the way the cylinder head and the cylinder were cast, you had to have a split cam chain, which isn't necessarily the best design. Honda, had, the, the 754 had an endless cam chain. Um, the CB450 had torsion bar valve springs, whereas the CB had a lot more conventional 
valve. So in a lot of ways, it was a very conventional bike. There was just more of it. It had a five-speed transmission, and that in itself wasn't especially unusual, but it was for the public. It had a disc brake front, which was wild. Nobody was putting disc brakes on bikes in 1969. And it was hydraulic. I mean, it wasn't a mechanical. It was a hydraulic disc brake. I've got a magazine feature here from September 1969. I think it's Cycle World. And it's interesting what they talk about. So bear in mind, this is a... It's Cycle Guide. Excuse me. Dated September 1969. And so this is a contemporary motorcycle, American motorcycle magazine... They're riding one of the pre-production 754s. So this is right as it's coming in. And what they talk about is kind of interesting because it's things we kind of take for granted now. Um, there's a big picture of the engine itself. The power plant is quite impressive. The oil filter is located between the center pipes. Now, that, that's where all oil, oil filters are these days. But... It was su sufficiently special back then that they actually made mention of it. Um, because of the high-speed potential of the 750, the impressive front brake is nice to have around. So again, it's going back to this hydraulic brake. I mean, you know, they really made mention of it and how much they liked it. The 750 Honda 4-banger is an ex impressive bike. We found this machine to be extremely comfortable. Well, and that's the thing. If you were brought up on a diet of BSA A65s and 650 Bonnevilles, now bear in mind the 750 Bonneville had not been invented yet. In 1969, your choice with Triumphs was you could do um, a 500 Triumph, you could do a Daytona or um, <coughs> TR5, but the big ones, the hot rods, that was the 650 Bonneville, which was the T120, or the Tiger which was the single-carb version. If you were to park one of these next to the 754, and the same applied to the BSAs, the Thunderbolt or um, the Lightning, they were very small bikes. When the 754 came out in England, everyone was like, bloody hell, this thing is huge. And it is. It's Even now, it's quite a good-sized bike. It's got a very, very wide seat. It's quite a wide bike. So that's half the thing that made it impressive. And, of course, Honda played on this by putting four giant mufflers on it. Four intervals are not the most efficient way of getting the gases out. But Honda really wanted to make a point of this bike having four cylinders. And what's the easiest way? Put four mufflers on it. So every single person who looks at that bike, especially if you're coming up behind it, because let's be honest with you, you're going to be passing most things on the road. There's not going to be a great deal behind you. You're just going to see these four giant mufflers. Yeah, nothing else like it, right? There's nothing else like it. And Honda finished them in really bright candy colours. They came in um, gold, teal, um, I think Antares red, the early ones, with very, very bright candies, big gold stripe on the tank, enameled side panel badges, just a really, really good-looking bike. That, that's what was great about the uh, Quail, is there were collections there where you could see year after year. Right, and see the little changes. Well, like, well, mm -hmm. what's the one unique thing about the 69 bike that you don't find about all the others? Well, you know, we, we can list the changes, and I'm not going to get all anorak on you, but the easiest way to tell 
a very early bike is it's going to have a sand cast engine these are the super value valuable right. ones yeah and actually i gotta be honest with you the sand cast engines look like hell oh yeah it looks like it was cast by a kid <laughs> well you know when you're looking at one though you know when you're looking at one the fenders um or mud guards as we say the front mud guard doesn't have a rolled edge it's actually not finished looks like somebody's just cut the front off um the airbox instead of being black plastic is actually painted the same color as the bike <coughs> and honda found that too expensive so they went to a black plastic one very early on and the seat's got a little ducktail i always hated the ducktail seats i always thought they looked goofy um and they kind of changed all the details as time went on so i'm going to list year by year the bikes you could get as a 754 so we start off september 1969 and that model with a few minor changes went through 1970 and that's a ko so the k was always the more touring model it always had four pipes it always had a more touring appearance so ko is 69 and 70. 1971 k1 and the k1 was slightly different let's list some of the changes that were different from the k1 from the ko um the k1 it came in slightly different color you could get it in brown or green metallic and the side covers became a little bit smaller the side panels a little less clunky really detailed changes the throttle cables went from four separate cables to a to a single kind of push and pull system and that once it got that system that lasted on the case pretty much till 77 72 k2 slightly different changes the big change was at the front they cheapened the specification by painting the headlight black and painting and doing the headlight ears in chrome before that the headlight ears and the headlight were the same color as the bike it kind of made it a little more expensive to produce because if you think about it if you've got a headlight and headlight ears that are the same color as the bike you've got to decide pretty early on down the production line what color that bike's going to be if all the bikes have a black headlight and chrome ears you can put the paintwork on very very late so they consolidated it down to that um 73 came out the k3 that had new graphics and new side panel badges as well but again detail changes 74 was the k4 again different changes and actually the 72 and 73 had different uh, gauge mounts yes and these are mm -hmm. just it's an improved product so really 74 75 and 76 apart from things like changing the color of the gauges changing the side panel badges slightly changing the graphics and the color they're basically this is an established product now and they were very very good the big thing for the case came in 77 and the k7 was an interesting bike it what honda did was they kind of made it a lot more suitable for touring they incorporated the goldwing had been out a couple of years by 77 the goldwing came out in 75 and they incorporated a lot of the styling cues from the goldwing into the 754 so you'd got like a goldwing style seat you had a goldwing style gas tank 
completely different exhaust and then the the rear wheel to kind of fill out the back and give you a little more touring capacity it went to Goldwing size so up till this point all the 754s had a 19 inch front and an 18 inch rear the 77 had a 19 inch front the same but a 17 inch rear so you could put some rubber on the back there cleaned up the exhaust system in terms of collectability the 77 and the very last of the single single cameras, the K78, they were essentially the same bike. And in terms of collectability, they're actually a couple of the least desirable. Mm -hmm. Personally, those are my favourites. They ride great. They change the carburetor to slide carburetors right. with accelerator pumps on them. The oiling system was better. The fueling system was better. They were just great bikes. And surprisingly smooth. Really surprisingly smooth. The thing is, if you get on a 754 now, you know, you've got about 63 horsepower to play with. Maybe 65. It's not a powerful bike by any stretch of the imagination. And the handling is a bit hokey. And the braking is a bit hokey. But the one thing that stays with you, even compared with modern bikes, is just how bloody smooth these things are. Um, so a couple of variations. And we can really thank Suzuki for this. <laughs> what? Um, in, Honda always wanted to offer a sportier alternative to the 754. It, You know, it was always regarded as a very, very nice bike, but a touring-style bike. So in 75, they came out with a Super Sport, which they call the F1. Um, really nice bike, completely different styling. It's a lot more modern styling. It had a 4-into-1, which was the big obvious one. It had like a coffin-style gas tank on it and a tail fairing. Rear disc brake, still only a single disc brake up the front. It was a sportier-looking bike. Well, how does Suzuki come in? Well, in late 76, Suzuki introduced the GS750 mm -hmm. twin cam. Right. And it was faster than the F1. And Honda were like, oh shit. That first GS was how many valves? Um, it's it? the same, it's just two valves. Okay. But it was twin cam. And Suzuki had taken a lot of what they understood about two stroke technology and applied it to the four strokes. So it had a roller bearing bottom end, which actually made it a little freer revving. So Honda are crap in their pants now. So they think, okay. We'll upgrade the F1, and in 77 they came out with the F2, mm -hmm. which was a really redesigned bike. It had different pistons, it had different head on it, it had bigger valves, it had different cuts on the cam. It was a completely redesigned bike, and it could take on the GS750. And that lasted until 78. Another kind of forgotten one of the CB750 automatics. Um, a lot right. of well you know and that's the reaction a lot of people have with the automatics they're not great but what things snapped into perspective with me a few funnily enough a couple of years ago um there was a cb750 automatic for sale on craigslist mm -hmm. and i thought you know i kind of just for the strangeness of it I wouldn't mind having one. I think it's up there with like a Ural. Like everyone's yeah, exactly. like, yeah, someday I'd like to try it. Then you try it. And, like, oh. and the, truthfully, <laughs> they are pretty woeful yeah. because they've got this sort of 
an early version of a CVT transmission and you're always in the wrong gear. But I remember so seeing a guy like, with one leg riding one. And, that's cool. And that's the point I was going to mm-hmm. make. The guy who was selling it in San Jose had had a stroke mm-hmm. very early on in his life, in his 20s. And I said, what the hell happened to you, man? He said, well, I made some kind of bad choices when I was younger. And I had a stroke when I was in my 20s. But I'm still out here riding. And that's the appeal of the CB750 automatic. It got a lot of people on two wheels. I think think that's a really important thing to note, too, because there's been a lot of discussion right now about how do we get younger people into riding, right? The industry in America is dying, this, that, and the other thing. And... Nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the fact that we've had automatic bike technology and it's only improved. And Honda's mm-hmm. been driving that since the Hondamatic. Like, that's a big barrier for jumping onto a bike. I know that that's the reason that Katie, my my partner, doesn't necessarily want right. to jump on a bike. She struggles with clutch work. I know that there's a lot of people that that's just that's the wall. And if you remove that barrier, like they're willing to ride. And you know, Hondra working on this. We we're, we're kind of going off on a slight tangent now, but the the Africa Twin, the DCT version is as good in a lot of ways is better than the manual transmission Absolutely. But I need to finish this history hole because, yeah, Liza's glaring at me. (laughs) Um, The final incarnation for the 754 for the interest of our history hole. We come to 1979 and they just completely redesigned it. 100 got everything they could out of Mm -hmm. that single cam engine. It was a great engine, it was a smooth engine, but for the time, emission-wise, it was dirty. And they needed something better. Back to the drawing board, same people who designed the CBX. It was twin cam, Mm -hmm. Mm 16-valve, just completely... Well, 16-valve, like the GS. They had... Right. Yeah. Because by now, the GS had moved on from being an 8-valve to a 16-valve TSC oh, they, engine. They told you all about it on their side badge, too. Right, exactly. Yeah. And Hon- Suzuki were very, very proud of their twin swirl combustion chambers. So once again, Honda felt they were getting left behind. They came out with the with the twin cameras. At the time, certainly in England, we were like, oh, shit, what have they done? We're not happy. In retrospect, these are actually great bikes. Mm-hmm. They make good power. Really, really good power. Compared with... The older ones, the potential to make more power is just off the chart. They were, once again, they were very, very smooth running bikes. Just really smooth running bikes. And the styling, particularly amongst the Fs, and we discussed this earlier, they are great looking bikes. And the years have been very, very kind to them. I got a quick question. Are, yeah. Out of all the years, I'm sure the first year, 69, is probably you know, one of the most, but what are the real desirable years and makes of the CB750? Well, you know, any of them are super collectible. You know, people get very, very frothy over single overhead cam, a single cam, <coughs> yeah, 754s. The, that's what it's all about is the SOHC. It, it's the SOHC, and really, the older it is, the more valuable it is. The going rate now for a Sandcast one is probably about thirty-five to 45000 mm. um, The going rate for a really, really, really nice 77 or 78, which is the least desirable, is about 10. Um, 
they're out there because Honda made a ton of them. I can say you see a ton of those bikes out there. They're not all pristine or super clean, but and you they, see a lot of them. They're the across the board, well, you know. Um, and the K bikes. That's the thing, though. The K bikes are the least desired. They're going to be the drum, uh, drum rear, single disc front, mm-hmm. but the F bike that Emma has that is if you're going to get a DOHC uh, which is less collectible if you, you get one of these right. Super Sport oh, that's the and one and they're great looking mm-hmm. bikes I'm really looking forward to getting st- stuck into this bike and hearing it um, yeah just wild bikes <clears throat> but so we're going to distill it down really to one sentence it changed the world it mm-hmm. completely changed the the whole dynamic of motorcycling i cannot understate that there's motorcycling before the cb 750 came out and motorcycling afterwards and if you want to genuinely ask me what the pivotal point of change in motorcycling was the introduction of the cb 750 and a lot of people think of the big change is when the interceptor and the gpz showed up on the sport bike as we know it showed up right but the cb 750 was the first super bike it was the it was the first super bike as we know it yeah and going back to my statement about the bsa and the trident being the first super bike I could take a novice rider, put them on a CB750, and they'd enjoy it. If I was to take a novice rider and put them on a 69 Trident or a 69 Rocket 3, it would be extremely alien. Not least because it shifts on the wrong side, not least because of the shift pattern, just the drum brakes, the weird handling, the so on and so it's a very alien bike what we're riding today and what we're experiencing today in motorcycling ground zero is the cb 750 mm-hmm. yeah that's ground zero and let's just um for people who don't know the lineage it didn't stop there it was the sh the sohc yes then it became the dohc yes then it became the Nighthawk. Yeah, really. And the, that's, you the, know, the final legacy of the CB750 is mm-hmm. the Nighthawk. And that lasted right up until the 2000s. Yeah. And they're just great bikes. Um, it's a very, very different engine. I mean, in terms of what it is, it's an air-cooled across the frame four, but it's got hydraulic um, valve adjustment. So there's no maintenance there required. It's got automatic cam chain tensioner. It's got the alternator and the flywheel move back behind. So it's not as wide an engine. It's a really compact engine. And they're just damn good bikes. And I'm going to say, for people who want to get a future collectible. I'll get a Nighthawk. Not just a Nighthawk. The Nighthawk 700. You know what? Oh, the S. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the one with a little mm-hmm. bikini? Fit? Look, mm-hmm. if you, that that's a cool bike. It's a cool bike, but you know what? If you just want a great riding bike that looks like a classic, goes like <clears throat> hell, and if you put like a Kirker or a Vance Nines on it, sounds bitching. Get a seven fifty Nighthawk. Yeah. You know, I've seen them. I've seen them on Craigslist as cheap as five hundred bucks, and you really can't go wrong. Um, they came in some pretty wild colours in the mid-90s. I've seen bright yellow ones, purple ones, 
just the most lurid shade of red imaginable teal, <laughs> teal. but you know the black ones are always called they always seem to fetch a bit more money the black ones but that's that's the final legacy of the CB750 and it's it's a great legacy to have we're never going to see anything that changed the world quite as much as that bike yeah it's as simple as that and you know I know it sounds like I'm exaggerating but I was a kid but I always moved in biker circles you know and I know the impact that bike had and it was just changed the world so Emma I want to thank you for doing the history oh yeah well well like I say I mean really it was part of this wonderful gift from Scott so that's why we did it and just you know give you some background on 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 this bike but yeah thank you Thank you, golf clap. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I wanted to get back to Jim. You said you oh. went off camping. <laughs> I went off the reservation. Yes, that happens. <laughs> and you went dirt biking off on your own. Yeah. You sent me a message. If I don't show up, hell am I to come search here. Yeah, it wasn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's hear a bit about your adventure. Oh, how, yeah. How, so Where were you? It was super fun. So um, I went to a place. So this is uh, uh, Western Sierras. It's about three and a half hours, four hours from here. How'd you uh, find out about this place? I just kind of I go on the Google and I'm like, what what place can I get away from people? That's the closest. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. So yeah, so about so that's how I figured it. And uh, and it's a bunch of fire roads and dirt bike trails and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, you're in the Sierras, so you're you're pretty far out there. Um, it was when I did run into this one guy who came through. He's like, hey, man, you're here by yourself? I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, you must really hate people. <laughs> <laughs> I said only sometimes. But, uh, yeah, so so it's, uh, I don't know how many, probably like 3,000 feet, something like that. Big pine forest. just beautiful. And, uh, yeah, you just kind of go up. It was Highway 41 through Coarse Gold. So you're going through, you know, gold country. Really pretty. Uh, but hot and cools off as you get up in the mountain and then uh yeah you just head into the national forest so it's the sierra national forest so it's it's you know free just drive in and and uh yeah find a place to camp so i drove back a few miles in in the truck i was bringing the the klx with me the 250 was in the back of the truck and uh found this turn off and it happened to be uh like right next to this really cool waterfall and yeah, a creek and a river picture. and shit oh it was so beautiful it was like like what I had pictured in my mind I wanted to find it's that's what manifested so it was pretty cool so um yeah it was great so it was just me and I wasn't totally by myself like you would see a couple of people there was a campground like a mile or two up the road that had a few people which actually when you're by yourself isn't bad um because you realize if you have an issue and there's no one around you got real problems so but it was a lot of fun um a lot of fire road riding um you know, and I learned a lot of stuff too. You know, especially after getting the Africa Twin, I think a lot more about, uh, you know, what I need to do to be prepared. You know, what do you need when you're out in the middle of nowhere and that kind of thing. So with that mindset, it was kind of fun to ride around. Um, but the trail, but but the ride was bitching. You had these huge open views, going through some old burn areas, but you could see for miles and miles. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a great day riding. Came back, cooked. Uh, yeah, what did I, I don't know, I'll cook a bunch of food. I always bring a bunch of chicken and sausage and bacon and cheese yes. and all that kind of stuff. Bacon, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Lots yes. of bacon was going. And um, and it was funny because I'm like out in the middle of nowhere. Then occasionally, I think, because where I was was 
a really awesome like water spot like it had waterfalls and like natural pools you could sit in like when you're like at, when done with riding and you're super hot you could go up and like rinse off but then sit in these pools and it was like an ice bath felt really good and uh can we talk about these pools for a second <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like them so you like to just get in there and soak and sit in it all sorts of things, actually. Actually, mm-hmm. it, was, it was my first experience with a, how do you say it, a boudet? A it bou- is a, not a boudet. A boudet, a booty. Uh, a boudoir, what is it? Bidet. A, a bidet. A bidet. That's Ladies it. and gentlemen, he shit <laughs> in the river. He's <laughs> like telling me say, he had a bidet waterfall. I'm like, wait, huh? It was how awesome. I didn't, well, I had never even used one before, right? I just read about them in books or whatever. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I was just the like... What books are you reading? <laughs> French you like to know? I appreciation for french anyway and as it went down it just had these natural little pools and like things and it was like this one perfect like like boudet and you could just sit there and bidet and poo and pee and it worked out awesome okay hold on i have an issue with this why (laughs) because what if there's somebody down the river sitting in there soaking like you were yeah (laughs) no was still baby ruth i don't know no what it was still you're not supposed to shit in the river so i trust me i get that because i camp a lot and i know normally you're (laughs) supposed to dig a hole like 50 feet away and all that kind of stuff but but this was like super running water and there was fucking nobody around i guarantee you there were plenty of dead animals animals and shit between me and anything it, else downstream. Is this like women who choose to give birth in a in a tub? Hot tub. No, but like when the, you know, the underwater oh, birth, yes. does oh. there, is this just is like it is easier? Like with the dolphins? I would say it would be very close. When that when the spring water was like all splashing me and stuff, I'm like, this is pretty good. How do we get on this are tangent? We, are you pooping underwater? Anyway, no. Good lord, oh, woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were just like squatting and pooping Man, underwater. You know, uh, you, you Wait, I'm the one who took it really to weird, weird places. I'm trying no, to understand. You, you were sticking your ass in a waterfall. It was awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, besides that, it was still, it was still super pretty, but it was it's funny because people would kind of roll through and and uh, like a guy like these three two-stroke dudes roll up. I love the two-stroke guy. Two-stroke man. That two. That's right. Me and Mike were talking two-stroke man. So two-stroke men come rolling up and they're just all right, right, right. Hey man. Hey, mind if we take a dump in the river or jump in the river right here? This one guy had like taken. Did you tell him you took a dump in there? No. And uh, one guy beat you to it, guy. in mud, and uh, he had fallen in like some big ass mud puddle or something. So they all jumped in and all that. But it was kind of fun having visitors come through. Um, But what I do realize is like the further because I like to go away, I don't mind going by myself. But you realize when you're out there, you gotta actually have your shit together. And because uh, I always stop at the Forest Service, and it's a good sign when you stop at the Forest Service place when you're rolling up, like to get a map. And I asked the lady, I said, uh, uh, I had two questions. One, can I get a map? And then two, is, I'm like, do I have to worry about bears? And she was like, yes, definitely. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good trip. So I had to hang all my food in a tree, like doing the whole throw the thing over the branch and raise it up and that. And, and, uh, and it was so funny. So the first night I'm sleeping, and I'm in the back of my truck just on like on a mattress in my sleeping bag and i'm like all right as long as i don't get eaten by a bear i'm cool so i'm laying in the truck and next thing you know i'm like oh it's getting really foggy and like misty and drizzly and i'm like man it's getting wet kind of wet so i just kind of pull the sleeping bag over my head a little bit and then i like i stick my head out and i'm like oh it's kind of drizzling (laughs) 
But it's like two in the morning, right? It's kind of like when you have to take a piss, like in the middle of the night in your tent. And you like don't want to have to get up and go out the tent. You're like, oh, I'll just hold it for like four hours, which you know you won't. And then it's like it starts straight up fucking raining on me. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm in the Sierras and it's in July and it's raining and like my, my sleeping bag started turning into like wet cardboard feel and all that kind of shit. I'm like, motherfucker. So there I am in the middle of the night having to get out of my wet sleeping bag climbing the truck and then it was all good but uh yeah no bears but rain and then oddly enough uh did a couple of hill climbs and i don't know if, it, if it's my, it's partly my ability and then other things i'm learning i think it's air pressure and whatever else but i did a couple of hill climbs that i should have been able to get up and like halfway just ran out of steam and um so I had to turn around, do all that kind of shit, and uh, get back down. But I think one of the things I learned, I was running like, what? I think I was running 18 pounds, right? Which I knew was a little right. on the high side. But the roads up in the Sierras, a lot of the fire roads and the, the not real technical stuff, it's like base rock. So my big fear is getting a flat tire. So I run a little bit higher pressure. And, um, and then two-stroke man rolls by. And I ask him, all, hey, because this is the fucking, these guys are great. They're, they're just so hardcore. And they're like, yeah, we've been riding for two and a half hours hours i'm like holy shit and i'm like what pressures you running i'm running like 18 and they're like dude we're running eight and eight i'm like god damn son so learning like that kind of stuff as well running lower pressures and all that um but it's fun i like getting out in the woods and i think it's like a lot of people around the country do whether you're in ohio or whatever michigan canada obviously it's good to get out and get into the woods oh, where you don't have to yeah. see fucking people like i saw so few people just a couple of people came by um but it was great yeah Except for getting rained on in the middle Jim, of the night. <laughs> Jim, do we need to explain to the listeners two-stroke man, or is that just, like, a ubiquitous? Like, I don't know. How would you describe two-stroke man? He's like Florida, man. Two-stroke yeah, man. Yeah, well, so two-stroke man, two-stroke man wears Levi's and cowboy boots on his two-stroke. Doesn't matter where he's going. Uh, maybe some old football gear and a flannel shirt. Two-stroke guy knows more about his bike than you will know about anything ever mm-hmm. in the history yeah. of ever. And I'm not saying this to be mean. Like, no. Like, like... Two stroke, I love two-stroke guy at the shop because two-stroke guy knew exactly what the hell he needed. He'd walk in and be like with part numbers and everything and walk out and he was happy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so two-stroke man rolls up with his homies like, hey, can we wash off my homie over here because he's covered in mud? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude. And I'm like, hey, come hang out. And it's sort of, So here's a two-stroke man a two stroke man thing. Bust out the sandwich in the Ziploc. Like this crushed-ass <laughs> like, ham sandwich. Nice. And they all bust it out. They're all eating yeah. sweat pouring down their face. Yep. A Gatorade and a ham sandwich sandwich on like wonder bread it's like yeah. you know it, just in their tail pack with their tools oh hell yeah totally. and the guy's like hey why don't i sit down i broke my leg in like june 2nd or something so he broke his leg like two months ago <laughs> and then um and so where i was camping at there was a trail that went up along the river and just kind of went up some slab rock and i don't know off into somewhere and uh the guy's like, hey, where does that go? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. He's like, all right, well, we're going to go that way. And <laughs> well, I brought up the word trail. He goes, trail. He goes, are those those things with the sign next to them? Yeah, we don't go on those. I was like, son of a Two-stroke man is a better rider than you will ever be. Yeah, and then they just fucking hauled off, off on the woods. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like on this fucky, funky rock slab thing. Just like, but one thing I did learn is uh, they're like two things. The guy who gave me two pieces of advice. He's like, you wear a gear, right? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, get a GPS. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm way into paper maps, which are good. Um, but then you realize GPS is pretty darn good, too. Um, Two-stroke man is the, the mountain goats. 
Oh yeah, they're, they're those things on like jumping on rocks and stuff. Two, oh yeah, Mountain yeah. Goods. Two Stroke Man is a benevolent like force of the jungle. Like <laughs> you know, he just shows up, helps you out, hooks you up with a few things, and then he's gone. Gives you yeah. half of his Wonder Bread ham sandwich, <laughs> and then just yeah. disappears yeah. off, not on a trail. Yeah, no fucks given by Two Stroke Man. <laughs> right, yeah. just in a blue haze. Yeah. So we had some smoke, had man. some awesome writing, and but then oddly enough, um, the engine started developing a knocking sound, like a knock, knock, knock oh. when it got hot, and it started knocking loud. And louder, the more I, you know, the hotter it got. I was like, well, fuck it, I'll keep writing it. That's not a crank bearing, is it? Um, I don't know. I'll have to hear it. So I don't know if it correlates, but on one of the hill climbs I stalled out on, I had to kind of turn it around. So the engine was really, one of the few times I heard the radiator fan come on, I don't hear it very often. And when I got down, it was just hard to start. So I let it cool off for like 10 minutes. Then what? it started up begrudgingly, but would start. You might have, you, to be honest, you might have just done a little bit of a seize on the board. I mean, four strokes do seize. seize. People don't realize that, was, you know. Was it a rhythmic knocking or was it more of a not rhythmic clinking like maybe you broke it was a, a it was a clatter like with the engine so maybe you broke a valve it clattered yeah. with the engine clack, clack, but it didn't leave me it fucking didn't leave me out in the middle of nowhere thank god because i was yeah. out there and um so hard to start but when i got it started it felt like it ran normal right. i just didn't, well, it didn't necessarily you, want to idle and you, you know what to do we're gonna pull it down yeah but so here's the funny thing so i get it back and i'm like all right let it cool so i let it cool down then it wouldn't start at all it's just like fuck you so i took the carb off cleaned mm-hmm. it out in the woods um we got it back to the truck but anyway and uh and even, even tried spraying starter fluid in it boom still wouldn't start mm. found a hill tried bump starting it wouldn't start so i think it's valve related yeah but i'm like where the fuck are the valves on this thing because i never done it before so you gotta take the head off to yeah, take yeah. the top off yes yeah. yeah take the top off yeah so so anyway i think it's something along those lines yeah we'll figure it out yeah I don't, but shit didn't didn't leave me stranded so that's good and uh you know who doesn't yeah. have valves Two-stroke man. Two-stroke yeah. man. Two-stroke man. They got no valves for two-stroke man. He's too fucking cool for valves. Yes. They just, they're like apparitions we were talking about. They always just pop out of nowhere. Like, you turn around, you're like, I know. motherfuckers on two-strokes. They're like, benevolent, <laughs> they're, they're like benevolent forest spirits. Yeah. You know? They well, are. I'm sorry that your bike is dead and it might be massive, but... At least that's the size of engine that is easy to yeah, it's pull easy. and rebuild. It's it's easy. Easy. Oh, yeah. No problem. Yeah, well, like I said, I took it all apart when I was out there because it was like, well, what the fuck? May as well take it apart. So I, I think, I mean, you've got your uh, your DR still waiting to be fixed, but parts are hard to get. Yeah. And you've got your uh, Ascot. I think it's time to build an engine stand. I think this is your next thing in your shop oh yeah, yeah I, I think there. you're getting into it i yeah. think you're i think you're there uh, i got i got i got one or two too many irons in the fire at the moment uh, i think you're there yeah well i gotta I'm, wait I'm, are you just gonna put this in the shed with the dr and buy another dirt bike no, no. Yes. Th- well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, here's what I'm thinking about, right? I think I am going to go. I was going to think about getting another dirt bike anyway, and I don't know, like, being underpowered on a hill climb, and again, I don't know if it's my ability, was it the wrong tire pressure or what, but I, I was trying all sorts of shit to get up two different hill climbs. Mm-hmm. And one Two-stroke of them, man got up the hill. Well, a two-stroke man. He, I don't think, like, maybe I need a two-stroke, dumbass. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but uh, a, little more, uh, a little more power may not be bad, so I may revisit, I was shitting on it a couple of weeks mm. ago but the drz mm. 
All right, maybe. DRZ 400. You've ridden mine before, yeah? I have, yeah. But it sucks when you're halfway up a hill and you're like already sweating balls and the fucking thing stalls out because it just runs out of power. Mm. Yeah. So I'm thinking um, my fat ass might be a little much for that bike. Mm, we'll find out. So um, I think it's it's time to get to some emails. And I have one here from Chance Ford. Hi, hey, Chance. He's been a listener for a while. And uh, Chance, he was at Mid-Ohio. He says, sorry, I missed you, Bagel. He was uh, in the swamp with the other peasants. Yes, exactly. Um, But, uh, oh, hey, Knock. Nice of you to show up at the very end. Is this thing working? Uh, We'll we'll make room for you. Uh, We're just reading emails now. Uh, Anyway, so Emma, uh, since he got back from his trip, he's riding a Boulevard S50. Oh, that's a very good bike. And he's having issues with his battery. So he got a new battery. Yeah. uh, And he found one of the diodes in the reg reg recodide. And so he got an aftermarket one on eBay, put it in, and uh, he started having problems again, found out that the diode had died again. Mm. And so now he's getting like a $200 OEM reg rec. So he's wondering what is killing it. Okay. Heat. Um, He can kill it. What people don't realize is the battery is part of the charging system Mm. so if you put a cheap battery in your bike you're going to fry the charging system especially on suzuki Mm. i love suzuki's i viscerally love suzuki's i've got a long history with them but the charging systems are shit they've been shit since day one Mm. suzuki have never designed a decent charging system is it just like an issue with the entire system they use weak wiring or is it a combination of of small stuff that compounds it's become it's become a (laughs) yes all of the above um a lot of cruisers and sport bikes actually suffer from the same problem um, mm. for just a different reason and it's real estate they put yeah. the smallest electrical components on the bike mm. on a cruiser it'll give you a clean appearance on a sport bike it reduces weight but it basically means that they're working to a fairly high capacity mm. when the bikes are new <coughs> if you introduce a cheap battery into it that you're really going to overload them do, um do we know if the uh reg rec on there is uh, a mosfet type or like one of the uh di- it's a diotype right yes yeah, diotype yeah, is what you said so don't go to bang good to get a battery do not go to bang good <laughs> okay. you know i've been saying this or for it years and it's, good. yeah um you know i'm kind of gonna give a plug for an online people but mm-hmm. um it's worth it U.S. batteries are the way to go. Yeah. I have done extremely well buying U.S. batteries from Chaparral Motorsports. It's true. Um, I don't know what the hell they do, but Chaparral will sell you mm. a U.S. for pretty much cost. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, and and the bottom line is is even yeah. in in most cases you're looking at a less than twenty dollar difference. Oh, exactly. And yes, I know it feels expensive when you're standing at the register looking at a sixty five dollar battery and an eighty five dollar battery. But but I'm telling you. Right now, believe me, twenty dollars feels like nothing when you're stuck out on the side of the road. Twenty dollars feels like nothing when you keep when you have to spend thrice that replacing the same part that keeps blowing. Right? Yeah, I'm a huge fan. So, chance start with the start with a decent battery. Make sure you've got a decent battery. Um, Check the output of the alternator. You should get the same coming out of each phase on the alternator. Um, 
you know yeah. it's, a, it's a toughie the truth truth be told you might have got an alternator that's going out why that mm. would take out a yeah I suppose it could take out a diode if it's going uh, down to ground I will also say that I've had historically bad luck with like cheap reg racks yeah I know. So, well he's know. going genuine now I well think yeah he, going I think genuine he, now I think he put a Ricks on there but even a genuine one will fry if you've got like a Banggood battery on it yeah. There you go. All right, Emma, you got uh, um, one more? Ian Marshall. Hey, Hi. Ian. Hi, Misfits. Love what you're doing keeping up. Uh, keep it up. Been listening for a while now, doing the usual thing of catching up on older episodes while waiting for a new one every week. So we just listened to episode 162. Oh, 162. What's that one? The what? It's the one where you, Liza, the monkey knife oh, no. fight. are talking about... <laughs> no, it's the, it's the Tahitian deity. Uh, Which one? It's yeah, the... you taking uh, um, Chris... Out on the back of your bike. Oh, ah, Chris yes. Smith. Yes. Yes. Oh, he was my he was my greatest Pokemon. Right. Yes. And he said <laughs> <laughs> he said wow. while he was on the bike he forgot he had MS. And that one sentence sums up biking for me perfectly. Mm. Never mind looking forward to next weekend or your next holiday or whatever. Just to learn to live in the moment. Living in the now, darling. Living in the now. Indeed. Where you are, who you are, is right now, is where you're supposed to be. Enjoy it. And for me, biking is one of the few things that takes you away from everything else that forces you to live in the moment. Yeah, and, um, yeah I remember Try that. Chris Smith came to us. Today. He is... Um, he's He's... He's, He's had a lot of struggles. He's an interesting He's character. Black, gay, deaf, and has God. MS. Mm -hmm. So he has trouble walking, and he used to be a ballet dancer. Right. Really? He used to be a dancer? Well, he used to be a ballet dancer. But, but a damn. professional dancer. A professional dancer, and he's now because of his body doesn't move the way it used to hmm. it, he said you know gravity is really his biggest enemy and i put him mm. on the back of the bike we got him all geared up put him on the back of the bike and he said it was the first time his body felt free again right and he, he, mm. it's it was like really pretty flying cool. um he actually i saw chris um a month or so ago he, he yeah. put on a one-man play yeah. and it was great so you know chris is doing okay but you know what ian yeah you're absolutely right so he continues mm-hmm a little about me. He's from the northeast of England, what Miss Emma would call a fucking Geordie. No, I call you a fucking, <laughs> fucking wanker. Uh, <laughs> no. wait, is that a northern monkey? Yes, I mean, northern monkey is quite an umbrella term. It's quite an umbrella term. Um, what parallel do you draw the northern monkey? One of, one of Newcastle's most famous exports was uh, uh, Eric Burden and the Animals. Ah. That was a Geordie band. So they, they say things <laughs> like, why I man, you're going to have a bit of addicts for your tea. And <laughs> That's like, not English. No, I know. Nice that is monkey. not English. No, but they're terribly nice people. They're very, very nice up there, <laughs> even though it's grim. It's grim up north, darling. Why does it always sound like a Monty Python skit? But they're very, very nice people <laughs> and not at all silly. Um, he's been riding for as long as he can remember. The first bike was a Malaguti pit bike. Mm -hmm. uh, you used all the kids in the street 10p doesn't that mean bad luck Malagui y no it, or Mal something <laughs> no that's Malalatet darling oh, there it is give us 10p and I'll take you out on the bike he's got a <laughs> ZX-10R Ninja what a oh. nice bike um, bought a couple of years ago when he was made redundant from work that means he was laid off darling mm. um, instead of paying some bills and shit he just thought fuck it I'm gonna buy the bike um, I'll get you are biker trash that's real yeah. biker shit that's what biker trash 
is legit biker shit right there. Um, I'm buying a new bike. So he did. He picked it up from the shop one Saturday morning and went for a day's riding. Here's the good part. A couple of hours from the ride, he kept noticing a light would appear on the dash from time to time and then go off. So he goes back to the shop and said, what's happening? And they and he showed them on the, on the dash where the light was. The the salesman said, oh, that's the rev limiter warning light. What gear is it doing in it? In? And he said, all of them. And so <laughs> the guy, apparently his eyes go really big and he did the sums in his head when he realised that Ian was getting the light coming on at six gear. So he's doing like 160 on the street. Nice. Um, it's not my fault, he said. He just You just turned the loud handle and off he went. Tra -la -la. <laughs> anyway, keep up for good work. We'll ride again soon as I've a list as long as your arm of the dumb stuff I've done on bikes over the years. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge, darling. He, he doesn't have an up-the-butt bike. Oh. He's got five. Oh. oh! We got time and room in there? Oh. Number one, the Briton, because that's everyone's. Yes. And you know, that's a good thing. Second, the Indian that Burt Monroe did his speed record on. Yes. Great. Number three, and this is a bike I have actually straddled and revved up. Mm. Mm. So technically... Jay Leno's jet bike. It was Ooh. under your butt. It was under my butt. Okay. Yeah, Jay Leno's uh, jet yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a gas turbine bike. It's got an engine from YTK? a jet ranger in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Kagiva C593. Mm. Very nice mm. bike. And then uh, Kevin Schwantz. RGV. <sighs> 500. Um, <laughs> I guess having five up the butt bikes means, sir, I'm just either a bike slut or I'm getting gun banged. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Sounds like a motorsexual to me. Um, what a great email. Thanks, Ian. You dirty yeah, slut. You, awesome. I, I, you gangbanging dirty slut. <laughs> I just want to throw props to Ian for referring to the accelerator as the loud handle. Yes. yes. That's, that's great. That's the going on. That's handle. now what I will be referring to my it's uh, catching my it's getting traction yeah. now. well you know the, the truth is is some bikes um particularly those of domestic manufacture it's whatever do you mean whatever some bikes particularly those of domestic manufacture when you actually wind the throttle up they don't actually go much faster they just get a lot louder harley <laughs> davidson been turning power into noise for over a century efficiently <laughs> might i add it's a mathematical equation See, yeah, that's I, funny because I call uh, Mike's dick the loud handle because whenever I grab it, he makes uh, a loud noise. Don't don't talk about his dick. He's no, grabbing his no, dick. No, Mike. Oh, oh. Yes. Oh, Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. I don't, time, Mikey, I don't need uh, an <laughs> image of, of your hand near his penis. Just for the record, for no. those of you listening, I'm not Mikey three times. If you didn't catch that, <laughs> like, I'm this whole other entity of Mike. <laughs> do you, completely different. Do you, do you think Liza gives Mikey three times a handy in the alley? Stop. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like that look, Liza. You just gave me this, like... You did Mary. refer to him as the loud handle. You <laughs> cannot get upset <laughs> where, at where this conversation went. Hey there, welcome I'm to Motorcycles upset. and Misfits. Coming at you for the reason. <laughs> Are we starting already? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you, Ian. For, that was an awesome email. And again, thank you to all the people who've sent emails. We don't have time to read them all, but we do read them. We just don't read them on the air. So, mm. thank you very much. That's right. Um, Bagel, you have an 
event coming up? The Bagla. Yes. Uh, next weekend, uh, the Vespa Club Los Gatos is holding our Three Peaks Challenge slash Six Peaks Challenge. There's a word, there's the words challenge appear in there. Yes. <laughs> What's going on, man? Yes. So this is a ride where we, we ride scooters around the San Francisco Bay, all the way around about oh, yeah. 250 miles. And um, not get beaten up. And, and we hit the three, <laughs> the three highest peaks around the, the Bay Area, Mount Hamilton, Mount Diablo, and Mount Tamalpais. Mm-hmm. Dude, but, no way. But for those of us uh, for whom that's not enough of a challenge, we've turned it into six peaks. So we'll hit Umanum on the first, uh, yeah. before we hit, hit Hamilton. That's a doozy. And then we'll hit Twin Peaks in San Francisco after uh, after Tamalpais. Wait, is Twin Peaks counting for two? Yes. Because ah. they're twins. Ah. <laughs> ah. Yep. You know, you know who would like that ride? Who's that? Wendy Crockett. Oh, absolutely. I bet she would. That would be a very short ride. She, would, she, she wouldn't be allowed on the ride because she has a proper motorbike. Well, she could always borrow a scooter. I, I, I think she's the type who would who you can ride anything. She can ride anything. She can fix anything. That's what No, but yep. she wouldn't be allowed on the ride. It's because, a scooter ride. Because oh. it's for scooter people. She no, I'm saying I think one. she would appreciate a scooter, too. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think she exhibited a lot more sense than that. Yeah. <laughs> she's a woman of some intelligence to me. Mm. Well, and, uh, and anybody, well, wants, anybody wants to join us, just look us up on Facebook. Vespa uh, Club Los Gatos, Three Peaks Challenge. You're going to do all six peaks, dude? Uh, I'm planning on it, yeah. Oh, very God good. Damn, of course you are. Yep. From this nice. point forward, you are going to be known as Bagel Six Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> all right. So, and we've got something. We're not uh, talking about it too much yet. Oh, it's coming but up But we've soon got something coming up in a couple of weeks that oh, some yeah. of us are going to be doing. Oh, something called an Ashkabi. I can't wait. <laughs> another one of our little special Stay tuned trips. for my butt pictures. <laughs> Um, Nock, did you weren't around much today. You were busy. I was, yeah, I, I was sort of babysitting, hanging with the kid. You were being the cool, fun uncle. I am such a cool uncle. You took Sully to the boardwalk. I did. Oh, did you ride the kitty rides with her? Uh, the lines were fucking long as shit. <laughs> we managed to do one ride, and uh. when she, we got out, her the lap bar hit her kind of in the chin, oh. so she started crying. I'm like, God damn it! Every time you go out, you're always crying. Uh. <laughs> it's okay. Just, just out with you. Yeah, well, you know, then but we you got should be cream. used to that from dates. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, like, we gotta <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't have the secret, like, rice boardwalk. The problem was, on. I got the ice cream before she was crying. You gotta get the ice cream uh, after. Oh Makes everything better. So yeah. whenever Knock is in the company of any kind of, a of young female woman. who's yeah. crying, tears. he's either on a date he or babysitting. He's, he's a pro. <laughs> either happiness or sadness. You got, you're crying either way. It's, I like it, that it, his go-to solution either way is ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and pizza. There you go. That fixes everything. So um, what a great day we had today. And yeah, a great was, weekend. Yeah, it was fucking busy, man. I, I noticed there's... John got it. You guys talk about John and his situation. Right? No. No. Uh, no. Mm. No. Time. We'll talk about that another time. Mm. But he's he rode his bike home. Oh, it wasn't leaking horribly enough to no. where he was. Uh, you know, listen, I've, 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 I've ridden Norton Commandos that leak more than that. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No. Daily. Was it, was From the factory. I, can tell, I leak more than that. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Don't say that. What? Ugh. We don't need to know about that. <laughs> a little bit peek him out. God. It's a you know, woman of a certain age. It happens. A little, a little bit yeah, peek okay. Him out. Uh, 
Ugh. dribbling. So what happened? It was just, just it's weeping now. We'll get into that in it's a time. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta shut this thing it's down. Dribbling knock. It's yeah. dribbling. Um, on that yeah. note, just a little bit of Thank peek you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we sold a couple more shirts. Just a reminder, still have some of the Motorcycles and Misfit shirts. Extra large and double XL. So big they're guys like, out there. Are they circus size, come on, you said? They're come on. All well, they're my size, but yeah. Well, you are a circus on yourself. Just send a PayPal payment to Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com of $28. Include your size and address, and I'll ship it on out to you. Yeah. As long as your Shirt size, size. is Shirt extra size. large or double XL. Man size. There you or go, you, what you do size. is you get two kids or two people and just wear it as one shirt, and you just pretend you're like co-joined. And you'll make them cry again, won't and you? And that That's is right. why you're That's the favorite right. uncle. Uh-huh. Yeah. On that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. And a big thanks again to our, our guest, Wendy Crockett. Yeah. What thanks, a, what Wendy. A cool story, that is right? so, so, bizarre. so hardcore, man. That was awesome. I know. Super awesome. Shut up, Knock. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Thanks again for listening. This is Eliza. This is Knock. Emma Darling. Bagel. Not Mikey three times. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck you, Knock. Yeah! <laughs> We're out of here! Cool, cool. cool.